Success on Demand is like this dope sisterhood of strong, ambitious women who love business but crave success. We come together and talk self-improvement, goals, and even life stories. And more than anything, we're a part of a community for us and by us. Let's have Boss Talk. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Success on Demand. We have one of our favorite guests on the show today, and her name is Mahisha Dellinger. She's going to tell us a little bit about her business, which I'll allow her to announce because I know a lot of us use these products and just see, you know, how her company started, what her company story is, and just get some inspiration from her story and allow ourselves to you know, want to do better based on some things that we may learn from this interview. So you can go ahead, Mahisha. Hello, my name is Mahisha Dillinger. I am the founder and CEO of Curls Beauty Brands. Uh, Curls is one of the original founding partners or organizations created for women of color with natural hair. Uh, We launched back in 2002, uh, e-commerce based and went into retail a few years later at Target and really launched that newly market, newly natural market, and have taken really the natural hair care market by storm. So now we actually have uh, products for everyone from cradle to the grave, babies, kids, mothers, and every age in between. And we're just happy to be here today. Yes, and we are super excited to have you. And I'm happy that you um, touched on a few of the topics that we're actually going to talk about today. And the first one is, how did Curls start? Like whose idea was it um, to create some products specifically for ethnic women? Well, it was my idea, 100%. I was a newly natural mom when I started this journey of creating Curls, Uh, but I was looking for products for my texture that I could actually use and feel good about. And so back in 2002, there weren't many, and before then, many options in the ethnic aisle. Um, as I saw that there was a viable market, there were many women transitioning back to natural like myself. Uh, so I decided to look into this as a business opportunity and I and I hired a cosmetic chemist and the rest was history. Wow, and how did you know where to find a chemist? <laughs> how, did you, how did you learn about how to do that? Well, that was uh, just research, you know, finding what the first steps would be required to make this happen. Um, so it was really 100% research, really starting the discovery. Um, I, got, I started with SCORE, which is an organization that actually helps women um, with, or people looking to start a business. They have classes to help you with your small business. They connect you with a mentor in your industry. Wow. Yeah, so I always recommend SCORE for those looking to um, launch the new business. Awesome, you said it's called SCORE? Yeah, it's like a score a goal, S-C-O-R-E dot org. And they have, uh, they have uh, plants in every major city. Um, wow. You can go and sign up and everything's free. Oh my gosh. I'm going to put that in the bio of this episode. That is a definite resource to use. And um, the, the question that I have for you, um, after you told me what you wanted to do with creating the products and finding the chemist, had you always wanted to carry out a natural lifestyle um, or did you just decide that you wanted to have more healthy products in your in your products well I, I looked at what was I started learning more about 
products and ingredients and that's when my journey started and really started to turn the bottles over of the items I was I was using for my hair my daughter's hair and that's kind of how it started it was kind of an organic shift um, and reading about what's good and what's not good for the hair so yeah I, I uh, did my own research and that's kind of what led me to go natural so after the the chemist came up with the formulations for your products and you decided that you liked them what was your next step from there uh, well, there was, it was more, there's a lot, there's a long history. I don't know if we have time to talk about all the steps, but it was really not one step at a time. It was a bunch, a hodgepodge of items happening at the same time simultaneously from, you know, R&D took a while to get going, nine months of back and forth of testing and, and then getting the branding together as that, while that's going on, branding from logo to website to design of the packaging, all of that, um, marketing plans, business plans. There's a lot that has to happen before you launch. Wow. So you jumped right into it because I know, um, and I, the reason why I ask you the question that way is because I know some people, especially when they're, maybe it's their first time creating a business. Um, it's well, I created my product and then I maybe sold it to a few friends and then we blew up from there. But, um, with, with you, it kind of seems like a lot was in order from the get go. Is that the case? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was going on all at the same time. I knew that, you know, I didn't want to take five years to launch a line. So as the development was going on, the R&D, I was doing, managing the other piece of the business. So yeah, all collectively happening. Oh my gosh. And at that time, um, were you um, working for anyone else at all? Um, had you had a full-time job or, or was it just curls? Oh yeah, I did have a full-time job. Yeah, I, I was a single mother, so um, I I actually was responsible for a life. So yes, I, I did have a full-time job. And would you have any advice to someone else who may be having a business and a full-time job at the same time and they may be wanting to quit? Um, what At what point did you quit your nine to five and decide that you were fully gonna go with curls? Um, I did, I did both for a while. Like I, I, once I knew I was going to have a business, I did not just, uh, stay at Intel. I used to work at Intel corporation mm -hmm. and that was a traditional eight to five, like work, you know, reporting to an office and a desk. And I knew I couldn't launch my business in that environment. So I left Intel to go into pharmaceutical sales so I can own, have a little more flexibility, own my calendar, my schedule. So given my territory, I was actually able to see all my doctors by noon and I would come home at noon and work on curls from the rest of the day and into the evening. So I did both um, for a while until um, I, for a few years until I no longer needed, I, I wanted to have an, uh, the goal is to make sure that you sustain the business and don't pull out a salary until you grow it to a certain level. So every dollar that was made from curls went back into curls and I didn't, I didn't source my lifestyle through curls. I sourced it through my job. So I highly recommend doing that in a flexible capacity if possible. So that way it's not a burden on the company in growth mode. Um, so that, that I highly recommend that. Yes. And that is some awesome advice. I definitely agree with that, especially since um, I do believe there are some times when you should keep your nine to five for a while, at least until you know that you can fully depend on, you know, whatever small business it is that you're creating. Um, so I love that advice from you. <laughs> and um, with what you did with working your nine to five and working curls after you got off of work, at what point did you decide that you needed help and that you wanted to bring on teammates? Um, I, I had to do that pretty soon on. I mean, we're talking 
so many years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but it, it, ha it had to happen soon on because we had, we, once we turned the switch on, we, we, you know, we started having orders come in. So it, it was an early situation. We had part-time work. And that's all of this is um, things that you did like on your own, hiring your first person, doing the interviews, managing them at the same time. Right. And with getting in Target and all of the other retail markets that you're in, um, how did that come about? Is that something where you reached out to them or were you approached with these partnerships? Well, we actually, uh, and that was a unique situation because we have been pitching a lot of retailers uh, up until before Target and we constantly got rejected. This was before, again, the natural hair boom. Um, a lot of these companies didn't see the value of catering to the natural market. But there was a buyer at Target, her name was Linda Sullivan, who um, saw that her ethnic hair care sales were down. And she saw all these young, fresh new brands that were kind of popping up underground that she saw um, socially. And so she called in for a meeting for several um, brands. And we were one of the original four that she wanted to meet with. We came in and she put us all, the original four, on an end cap in 105 Target stores. Wow. In in cap space is the prime, you know prime real estate because it's what you see before you even go down the sh uh, aisle. So she said, "We'll give you guys all four of you guys a trial, see how you go. If it does well, then we'll expand you out. If not, you know we'll return your products." Well, all of us did exceptionally well, so she continues to grow all of us past 100 doors, past 400 doors, past 800 doors, past nation, you know, nationwide. And along the way, she kept adding additional brands, and she built the category. But we're wow. one of the original that built, helped build that category. Um, with the other three brands on the end cap back many years ago. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. And I think I, if I can think correctly, because I know it had to be after 2003, I think that's right oh, around the time. It was at 2008, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah, so that's around the time when the, the natural hair boom happened <laughs> and everyone wanted to get these products. So I could see that was the perfect time for that. And I know you were saying after getting rejected so many times, how did you guys deal with that rejection? Was it something where you just say, you know, we have to do better or um, no. what was your process? No, rejection is part of the game. I mean, you, you have to, you can't have thin skin in this game. You have to just roll with the punches. So uh, keep going, just keep moving. It's not an option of what am I doing wrong? It's like, they don't see the value. If you're doing everything you're supposed to do and you're doing well, they didn't see the value, that was the end. But it wind up coming full circle because every single one of those vendors that said no actually wind up calling us to come into their store. <laughs> I can definitely see why too. I could definitely see why. And that was soon after Target that you actually began, you know, working with those past companies, right? Yes. And before Target, what kind of um, places were you all in? Was it like um, smaller hair stores or how did you guys get your sales? Um, initially, we started 100% e-commerce and then we started getting requests from individual salon owners. Um, and then we got, you know, so like uh, salons and then some beauty supply stores. And then we started getting requests for distributors to represent the brand. So it was growing organically from e-commerce. And, and when Target called, it was primi primarily beauty supply stores and uh, you know some salons but no retailers before then wow and as far as um the the kind of partnership that you had with those retail locations is that something where um you just reached out to them and said hey i have this product or was it something where they were coming to you trying to figure out how to get the product 
It was a combination of both. We did a lot of pitching and um, some call, but we definitely in the early days did a lot of pitching. Okay, understood. And when you said pitching, it made me think about how people get money in the startup stages of their businesses. And I wanted to ask, how did you guys get all of the funds and things together to launch Curls the way that you wanted to? Is it something where you had investors or was it all on you? You know, I, I used all my funds despite having um, exceptional personal credit. I could not get a business loan. So I used my own money to start on a small scale um, because I didn't have an option otherwise. So I started on a small scale and and, and launched organically. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that's what you have to do. It wind up being for the better because I, I didn't have anyone that I you know owed money to or debt or had any percent stake on the company. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's even better. I was going to ask you if that's something that you recommend um, to people now after the fact that you've already done it, or if you could go back, would you have rather wanted the business loan? Yeah, I think I definitely prefer uh, not having that over my head. Um, it can definitely cause you if you have too much debt to lose your shirt and then really not being a profitable state. Agreed. And with where you are now, what is your advertising of choice? What is the method that you use most for advertising? Uh, we, oh, the, a lot. We have a long list of opportunities and um, advertising uh, uh, mediums. So a gamut, that's, that's a, we, it's a full on program. So it's um, a million different things that you guys do on a daily basis um, as yeah. cost of advertising. Yes, very detailed. Exactly. It's a lot. I mean, it takes a lot to the at the stat says that it takes on average a consumer to see a product seven times before they take action. Wow. About oh, that. You have to, you know, touch bases a lot of different ways. Yes, definitely. And with social media, is that more a form of advertising for you all or is it, um, you know, building that brand awareness just so that people can be more familiar with your brand? Yeah, we use social media in both ways. Yeah, like most. Yeah, it's definitely a good tool, which wasn't around when I started it. So it definitely has its advantages. Right. And how has that, that change been for you going from the era of no social media, no mobile devices, well, some mobile devices to now everything is digital? Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of it's par for the course. So, you, you know, when you're in business, things shift quite a bit in industry. So you have to evolve or you dissolve. So it's like, oh, there's something new. It's taken, you know, you know, the nation, the war by storm, and you just have to jump on and learn. So that's kind of, you know, being change adaptive is important. And what is the, something that we can expect from Curls in the near future? Well, we have launched and branched out into a new industries. Um, a new industry specifically that we're starting out in is beauty, beauty cyticals. So instead of pharmaceuticals called beauty cyticals, which is, you know, a, a research, medicine-based uh, beauty products. Mm -hmm. So we have um, a new arm, a new uh, company that is under the Curls brand umbrella, and it's all about health and fitness. So we're doing, we have a, a product called Skinny Vitamins, which is a metabolism booster, uh, appetite suppressant, weight loss uh, gummy. Mm. So we are launching that. We also have a new company called Vitapop. Vitapop popcorn um, has less than 100 calories per serving. 
10 grams of uh, protein, over 15 essential vitamins in one serving. Um, Non-GMO organic, and it's amazing. We have five flavors and that's coming out. Oh my gosh, yeah, I knew nothing about that. That's awesome. I knew you guys had like the um, supplements and stuff like that, but I had no idea you guys were expanding into that industry as well. So that's yes, pretty awesome. Are. And when can, yes. when can people expect that? 2018 Q1, so the first three months of, of 2018. Awesome, I'm definitely gonna share that. I know there'll be some people who are super excited about it. Yes, we're excited, we got a lot of excitement around it. And as far as what you're doing with expanding into new products and new industries, what advice would you give for someone who is trying to do the same thing? Are you someone who believes you should focus on one thing until it's great? Or do you think that multiple things can be done at one time? I think when you're in discovery mode and starting something new, you definitely need to zoom in and focus and do and, and understand what you're doing before you go branch off of something else. So definitely 100% zoom in, focus, razor sharp, laser sharp focus. Um, so absolutely. Oh, yes. Awesome advice. And we're going to go into the, the closing of the interview, but I do have a few of our hot topic questions for you. And the first one is, how important is investing to you? And how much would you say um, you invest into new things or, you know, types of research for your company? Well, I research, uh, well, you mean research in my company or personal finances? We'll, we'll say with personal finances for right now. Okay, so for personal finance is very important. It's very important to uh, save more than you spend. Um, and one thing that we have to remember to do is to um, not live above your means and actually live below your means, get in that habit, um, and make sure that you are doing what you can not to be, not to look like you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but to make sure you invest in your future. And that's one thing that I feel like we don't talk enough about as a community. So yes, my priority is investing first um, and then well below my means. So I take care of that, the family and investments. And um, and as far as investing in different opportunities, like skinny vitamins is investment. Um, I acquired 50% of this company. So I definitely believe in diversification. Oh yes, I definitely agree. And the second hot topic question is, what is one thing that you would like to share with, you know, a small, a new small business owner that you wish you knew when you first started up? That I wish I knew? Yes. Hmm. I that I wish I knew. Gosh. Or even maybe the best thing that you've learned in your journey of being a small business owner that you think other small business owners should know. Yes, one thing I would say uh, for all small business owners, because you asked the question about how to deal with rejection, one thing that you need to know is that rejection is part of the game. You will not go through this life as an entrepreneur without getting rejected. And failure is not final. If you quote unquote fail at an opportunity or a launch or a meeting, that doesn't mean that it's final. I've experienced failures Everyone experiences failures as long as you learn from it and grow and continue. But failure, if you haven't tried, you won't, if you have not had a failure, then you haven't tried something. Yes. So get that under your belt, understand that and accept it and, 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 and just grow from it. Yes, I definitely agree. 
and that is true because rejection can either slow you down or it can boost you up and with what you just said we can definitely use it to boost us up with that tip you gave um the last question that i have for you is how do you wind down after a long day uh well yeah usually oh gosh i have four children um so it's you know a lot going on in this household there's always some <laughs> always something with someone so it's really alone hubby in our theater where we are watching a favorite movie together or a show with a glass of wine that's my regroup time usually is after nine that is our key time nine and midnight is our time to unwind oh my gosh it's good that you get everyone to settle down by nine that's oh really yeah interesting <laughs> but Yes, and I, I enjoy doing that too. So kudos for that. You have a, a great wind down tool. But yes. um, that is the end of our interview. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We learned so much about how you got to where you are now and some things that I didn't even know, especially with that new launch that you have, those new products. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, thank you. Definitely share. I definitely will. And where can um, people find you? I'm going to put it in the bio, but sometimes people like to hear it as well. But what are your um, social media networks and your platform? Uh, so, so social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Um, follow us at Frizz Free Curls. Okay. And then your website. Curls.biz. Awesome. And like I said, you guys, I will go ahead and put that in the bio as well. Um, once again, we just had Mahisha Dellinger on the show with us today, and she was um, definitely pleasant. Feel free to check her out on her website as well as on the um, different social media handles that she gave. And if you have any questions, definitely reach out and we'll try to get them answered for you. Once again, I am your host, D Lake, and you have just tuned in to Success On Demand. We'll catch you next time. Hello, my name is Mahisha Dellinger, and you've heard my story here on Success On Demand.